Rhino, here we are. This is officially the stretch run. We've got about 30 games left to play, and this was a really rough week. Yeah, but Chad, not as rough as, I would say, as good as the week you had winning the MVP and your softball championship. Why couldn't you send the Cubs those kind of vibes so they could do just as well as you did winning the title in your softball league? You know what I love? I love that you are are, are sharing that, and we may have lost 100 view- listeners right there because we're talking about softball. I promise you this episode is going to talk about the Cubs' situational hitting or lack thereof, the plague of the injuries, the hot Cardinals, but I promise you as well, we're not going to talk about me playing softball. We also have Dave Voloshin, the voice of the University of Memphis football and basketball. He's going to join us and share his thoughts on the team. And of course, we always are partial to the guys who went to Southern Illinois University. And Dave is a Saluki. So stay tuned because the Friendly Confines is coming up right now. First inning now, and Chad, the weekend probably couldn't have gone as bad as it actually did. I guess anything worse than this would have been if they had gotten swept by both the Giants and the Nationals. But you and I both said, you said they needed to at least win four out of six. I said they needed to win at least five out of six, and neither happened. Uh, They got swept out of Wrigley by the Nationals. It wasn't even competitive. I guess you could say the third game was a little bit competitive. But the Cubs didn't even look like they belonged in the same ballpark with Washington. And what's concerning the most is that if the playoffs started today, Chad, the Cubs would be in a one-game playoff series against this Nationals team in D.C. on the road, a place where the Cubs can't win. Um, So as far as I'm concerned, listen, it was great to see them sweep the Giants, but it just all was for naught as far as I'm concerned because they absolutely just got shredded by the Washington Nationals. Yeah, you know, it it and it was even worse than that cuz I mean, you know, the reason that this is so key is is if the Cubs are going to be fighting for a wild card spot for them to get owned as they did by the Nationals who are now are leading the wild card. I mean, let's let's be very honest though. Um the Nationals hottest absolute hottest team in baseball right now, you know, going back more than a week of games, you know, they're averaging like nine runs a game. So for the Cubs, I look at this and I go, yeah, you know, one game would have got me what I needed, which was those four out of six wins that I had asked for. But the sweep, it, it wrong excuses for them, but just saying that Nationals team, what a buzzsaw. And I have to tell you, we're going to talk about the Cubs hitting approach uh, in, in, a, in a future inning, but you know, I love what Joe Madden said, which was like he just he he just was so blown away by the Nationals' approach at the at the plate. They look like a team on the rise. The Cubs just looked absolutely just impotent. Yeah, they look lost. They look completely lost. And the Nationals are a better team without Bryce Harper. I, yeah. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that Bryce Harper was kind of a guy bringing this team down. Now they have like young upstart players um starring anthony rendon who's actually a free agent after this year and then you got a guy in juan soto who easily is i I mean it's crazy to think this but he has easily replaced bryce harper as as a star and a star in the making um and 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 what's even more just agonizing chad was the cubs yes they faced strasburg on you know sunday but they faced the nationals basically two weakest pitchers in games one and two 
and could do nothing with them. So uh, just overall, not what we were hoping to see from this team as uh, the Cubs get ready for their road trip this week. So let's move on to the second inning now. And, uh, well, a lot of blame is being pointed in both directions by the fans and by the media, Chad, when it comes to who is really at fault when it comes to this baseball team. Is it more Joe Madden's fault or is it more the front office's fault? Where do you side right now with this? You know, I've got a a three-pronged monster that I'm going to throw at you. And, you know, I – the front office, for me, for allowing um, the Addison-Russell saga to happen as it did. I mean, let's, let's take a, a step back without going into the details of, of, of what happened and just say what a distraction it's been to have your all-star starting shortstop um, basically be just a, a movable pawn that has had no value on this entire team other than being a complete distraction. So I blame the front office for my, not making a more clear decision and actually cutting bait. I'm going to say that on the record right now for the first time. And what a waste of a year uh, uh, for a key player during um, what is right now this, this, this window that the Cubs have. The Zobra situation is obviously a big factor. I can't really blame him. Um, but, you know, when I think about what the front office did right, I can't blame for starting pitching. They went out and got Cole Hamels, the, the pitching staff going into the season, very solid. You know, they, they drug their feet on getting a closer. Uh, they didn't anticipate the injuries to happen as they did, but they did pick up Kimbrell at the, at the deadline. And then, uh, you know, the injuries to, to key players is not helping anything. So I can't blame them for that. You know, Willie being gone for this key month right now. But when I think about um, the team and and the lack of fire, the lack of fun, the lack of focus that we have seen in the past, you know, Ryan, I kind of have to put that on Joe Madden. It, 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 you know, it, what is the staff doing wrong in both their approach at the plate um, and then also just the way they're preparing this team? I don't see any hunger. I don't see any fire. And you know what? From when I played ball, when you played sports, you know what? The coach sets the tone. And this team, as I've said before, just looks lifeless. So I'm going to put more of a, a role on Joe Madden. Yeah, they're both to blame, in my opinion. But if I had to go with who's to blame more, I, I got to go with the front office here, Chad. I mm. mean, the front office did a terrible job in the offseason shoring up the bullpen, which, again, has been the biggest problem with this team all season long. I understand they went out and they got Kimbrell, and that was the move that everybody wanted them to make. And now Kimbrell has been banged up for a lot of the season. This this front office did a terrible job of, you know, basically creating and producing young pitchers that would yeah. allow this team to have a, you know, guys to follow in the footsteps of when John Lester and Cole Hamels and others may no longer be a viable option for this team. I, I'm also yeah. a little disappointed that, you know, they had to address the hitting issue and they never got a leadoff hitter to this day. They've still been playing musical chairs with a leadoff hitter. And, 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 you know, you can sit here and say that, well, Jason Hayward or Kyle Schwarber, or Anthony Rizzo. I mean, you know what you have, Chad, when you have multiple leadoff hitters, you don't have a leadoff hitter. Yeah. And, and that's basically what we're seeing from this team. Now Madden's to blame here to some degree. I don't think he's handled the pitching staff very well. He goes to the bullpen way too often, in my opinion. I don't think he trusts his starters enough sometimes. Yeah, that's a history. And, and so that's 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 a major issue for me. And to your point about Addison Russell, you know, I think he was playing him a little too much um, when he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, both are to blame. But I don't know if it was an ownership issue and Theo was just following orders 
or Theo just felt like, hey, look, we got a good team and this is what we can go out and do. We should have enough to do it when there were clearly some very glaring holes on this team that have not been addressed. And now we're seeing the issues that are coming up. My challenge, Ryan, if I could share this really briefly, is just to say, who is the movable pieces? You know, there are certain players on this team that you feel are, are that you should expect that they're absolutely untouchable. But with the approach offensively and the, the up and down matter of, 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 of when they show up one night and then they're completely lifeless the next night, you know, the way this is playing out, the free the, the front office is absolutely going to have to be very aggressive in free agency and also in the trade market. And guys, everybody out there listening, I guarantee you've got a jersey or a jersey in your wall, in your closet right now that is probably not going to be a cub coming into next year because wholesale changes have got to change unless this team that's supposed to be a full of stars, they certainly don't look like it right now. Something needs to happen. Well, that kind of follows into our next inning, Chad, as we move to the third better chance that the Cubs are watching the postseason from home or that we're actually going to watch the Cubs in the postseason. Where do you stand right now when it comes to that situation? Not a long time season ticket holder. You know that. And it's just it's been this really wonderful thing since 2015, even though it's a lot of money is to get that invoice saying, you know, and what they do, what the Cubs actually do is they they force the season ticket holders to to pay for all of the games, all the way through every possible scenario from a play in all the way to the World Series. You pay for everything. And I've been excited about having that since 2015. It's been a nice thing. It's this has been a heck of a run, the most winningest run, the most successful run in Cubs history. Uh, but right now, if you ask me right now today, what is I, I do believe that, that this team is going to go on a run. They've yet to go on a run. But the way this team is playing right now, I don't put them up against with any odds on any team because, as I've said before, I don't feel like their heart is in it. And so um, I think they're going to go on a run because they're due one this year. But at this point, with the other teams that are out there, I think it's going to be pretty short-lived. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with you. They are not going on a run. They, they are what they are. This is the team that they are. That, that we're, we're waiting for this run, and there's 30-some-odd yeah. games left in the season, and, and there is 30. no run. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's right, 30 games. There's, there's no chance at this point in time that the odds are in their favor. Now, they may get in because maybe the Mets and the Phillies falter, but it's not going to be because they really go on that great run. You know, I mean, and again, I'm not convinced that they are going to get in because I think the Phillies and the Mets might be the two teams that jump ahead of them, depending on who jumps ahead of whom. But, I mean, nothing shows me right now, Chad, that this team is even capable of winning a game if they get the wild card. I mean, we, in my opinion, if they even make it, and they would have to play Washington, there's no chance they're going to beat the Nationals. And then I, that begs yeah. the question. And I, and I that, appreciate that. I think our, our points are very similar there. It's, it's, it, and you're basically saying they get in. I don't I feel like they've got much of a chance. I feel the same way. The reason I think they can be a playoff team, just a few days ago they were in the lead in this division, and they have got seven key games against the Cardinals um, in the last ten days. And so they are going to have an opportunity to to reclaim this, to grab this. Cardinals look amazingly good right now. Um, hot, one of the hottest teams in baseball along with the Nationals. And, and what's unfortunate is the Cubs seem to be playing nothing but teams that are on a heater right now that are fighting for their playoff life. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're – I think that they can be and are a postseason team. They just, they're just one of those teams you look at and go, I don't know how they've been sticking around because they have not shown me much of anything. 
there is no chance that this team advances past anywhere if the bullpen stays as is, and nothing is showing me that the bullpen is going to be secure enough to make a run. Because no way a World Series team – I mean, we can both agree they are not winning the World Series this year. Like, I, 100% can guarantee my bank account they're not <laughs> winning the World Series. I will, I will make sure that is out there right now because that bullpen – will not be capable of winning a World Series. So, yeah, you know what? You know what? What a story that would be. Yeah, of <laughs> Optimism be just shooting story. through the line right now. I want to wish and hope, but it's starting to feel very bleak with just Well, and, and then the other part of this, Chad, which I was kind of kind of lead into, is there will be wholesale changes because yeah. not only will Madden be gone, there will be wholesale changes with this roster and, and, and very familiar faces like a Chris Bryant or a Javi Baez or a Wilson Contreras. I mean, I'm not saying they will be, but you have to believe that those names are going to be bandied about, that there could be a possible situation where those names are being talked about in trade. If you are the most optimistic, most positive, or or the most cynical Cubs fan, whatever you are, you're welcome to listen to the show. We love having you. But there's very few fans out here um, listening that would not trade this entire Cubs lineup, every single player, for the Dodgers, for the Braves, for the Astros, for, 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 for the Yankees. I mean, there are teams that top to bottom have so much more talent and players that have the ability to just put the foot on the pedal and go. This Cubs team seems like they are spent. Well, that, and that's the problem because everyone thought that this team would be the Astros or the Dodgers or the Yankees, for that matter, yeah. with what the young core was. And it's just unfortunately not. Or, not the case. I agree. Well, hey, let's move on to the fourth yes. thing. I'm going to set this one up, and I, I want to hear your take on this, Rhino, because I, I, I talked earlier in the first inning about Joe Madden praising the Washington Nationals, and it just seemed like they wouldn't chase that outside pitch, they wouldn't chase that outside pitch, and they'd go hammer something or flare something into left field, and then you see the Cubs come up, and who is the, the epitome of this story that we're talking about right, right now? Javi Baez, who is nothing like the MVP threat he was last year, just swinging at balls a foot outside and just looking completely awkwardly doing it how far has this team fallen is this the hitting coach's fault Have the team just bailed out trying to hit home runs what do you make of the fact that this team has no sense of what situational hitting is yeah i mean it's it's just mind-boggling at this point chad like i mean and and the, the inning that did it for me was on sunday when the cubs had you know, basically what runners at second and third and nobody twice, out. twice. Yeah. And Bryant had tied the game at two and you have like Javi coming to the plate. And I mean, they're just, there were like so many opportunities. They could have broke that game open. And it's not just that game. Obviously we have seen it all year long that this team continues to rely way too much on the home run. And then at that, it's a solo home run most of the time. And they're not getting hits at the time when they need it. You know, and, and this just doesn't apply to everybody. I mean, listen, there's certain guys, Anthony Rizzo, Nicholas Castellanos. I mean, these are guys that have been playing spectacular. But then there's other people. And even Chris Bryant's been really good. He's had a very, very good year. But then, like you said, I mean, you got a guy in Javi Baez who everybody's saying is, you know, one of the top players in baseball. But yet he doesn't come to bat when you need him to at those moments that he ultimately needs to be you know hitting at the right time 
and it's it's frustrating because Javi's a very free swinger. But yeah, I, I don't know at this point who you blame. I mean, going through you know like three hitting coaches in three years certainly is not helpful. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you're a professional baseball player, like you should know how to be able to be in situations to really work the count, work a pitcher, and try to be having it advantageous for you because other teams are doing it to your pitchers. Why are you giving the opposition every opportunity to allow themselves to work out of a jam when you're trying to, you know, be one of the better teams in baseball? So to, to me, it is just absolutely aggravating. And, and it's one of the issues why this team is in the situation they're in. You, you mentioned something. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back just a little bit just to say Chris Bryant is a fabulous athlete. So is, so is Anthony Rizzo. I do not lump them in the same category with Nick. Nick is the only player right now that I feel like has a swagger at the plate that pitchers have to work around. I feel like the others, the approach, you know, the, this team was built on home runs. We're going to, we're going to win every game. The front office said by, by just swatting more home, home runs and scoring more runs. Well, guess what? This team really isn't filled with home run hitters in this, in this juice ball era, you know, one player has 30 home runs, and that's Kyle Schwarber. And what's interesting, uh, Jorge Soler, remember that name? You don't see, hear much in the in the news. Guy has 34. You know, so you know that's what I'm perplexed by. If we were a team built on on home runs, and we're a little off topic because we're talking about just getting on base and doing the right hits, you know, at the right time. What's challenging to me is how come during this juice ball era we don't have several guys that are that are that are uh, um you know hitting up there in in the home run totals and in terms of just being able to work the count like you said i can't remember an at bat and maybe that ian hap uh, ian hap uh, at bat where he got hosed on that non strike call that was a really nice professional at bat that's the only one that i can think of that did involve nick that that the pitcher really had to work the cubs batters are are allowing other pitchers to get out of jams so easily as you said and and i i do i think three pitching coach or three uh, bat, uh hitting coaches in the last three years that can't be helping things this team does not have an identity when it comes to the plate and they used to yep absolutely right so let's move on to the fifth inning now chad and uh well, we, uh, the aforementioned Anthony Rizzo, who unfortunately was scratched from the lineup on Sunday with uh, mid-back pain. This isn't the first time Rizzo's had some issues with his back. Now, Madden says that this is an unrelated issue from the previous back injury. But nonetheless, he is uh, day-to-day right now, has not been put on the IL. So there you know, is a chance that he you know, will see some action this week. Um, but, you know, I don't know for whatever reason – I feel like when Rizzo is not in the lineup, because, I, I mean, for my money, Rizzo is kind of the heartbeat of this team, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, when he's not in the lineup, I, I, it changes the dynamic, not only offensively, but we saw it defensively as well. I mean, how many plays did the Cubs make on Sunday where, you know, unfortunately Ian Happ or Victor Caratini, like, just either couldn't hold on to the ball or couldn't scoop it? Yeah. I, I feel like he plays such a major role on little things that we don't even see every day that hopefully he can get back um, into the lineup because Anthony Rizzo for my money is, you know, really, like I said, just the guy that stirs the drink when it comes for the Chicago Cubs. I, um, this is frustrating 
because you, you, you know I, what I mentioned before. I mentioned that this is a team that hasn't really gone on a run. This is a team that has the tools and the and the players that could go on a run, and they keep on getting these dings. I mean, not having Wilson Contreras out there, you know, it could be a good thing. If he comes back to 100%, it's really tough for a guy with a hamstring injury to come back and not be affected. But maybe that less wear and tear on him will give him some fire and he'll be well-rested when he comes back. But, but Anthony, you know, you need him there. Remember those days where you would think that he's going to hit a home run in nine straight games? We've not seen that from him as of yet this year. Um, you're right. It's the it's – the, it's, it's just those, those little things that he does and, and being kind of the captain – um, you know, I'll also share this as well. You know, is he the David Ross type? Is he the the Ben Zobers? Is he the veteran presence that that uh, that we need? As a, maybe a topic for another time. Um, but I would like to see him as a resurgence. I'd like to see him be more vocal. I I'm not really sure anybody is in that dugout um, and in that clubhouse that is really trying to whip this team into shape. Yeah, I mean Hayward would be the obvious choice, I guess. After you know the uh, you know famous World Series speech, I guess he's the only one I can really think of that that would be that guy because Rizzo's not that kind of guy nor is Brian Javi's definitely not so yeah I mean again that's that's I suppose for another day but you're, you're right I mean it's just all around I feel like there's just missing pieces uh when it when it comes to this team that they're lacking and I don't know people are just not uh coming coming like they used to and it's it's extremely frustrating so speaking of frustrating chad as we move to the sixth inning now uh as we mentioned before the cubs uh once upon a time talk about a swing they were in first place leading the uh st louis cardinals and just like that the st louis cardinals have become one of the hottest teams in baseball and now leading the nl central um heading into their series this week against the milwaukee brewers um, man, the Cardinals are just hitting the ball just absolutely amazing. They're getting great pitching right now. And, you know, they're peaking at the right time. They're doing exactly what I wish the Cubs would be doing right now. But, you know, the Cardinals have had a little bit of luck on their side. They got to sweep the Colorado Rockies, who are in last place right now. And, you know, look, but you got to take advantage of the teams. You can only play the teams that are in front of you, right, as the old yeah. cliche goes. And the Cardinals are doing it. And they're not just doing it. They're doing it in a fashion where they are sweeping this team right out of St. Louis. And now they get, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers who are really scuffling right now. So as far as I'm concerned, it's painful to watch this because if there's one team I do not want to see ahead of us, it's obviously the Cardinals. But give the Cardinals their due. They're peaking at the right time. They're playing good baseball. And they're getting everybody back healthy now at the right time to go for that stretch run and try and win the NL Central. What I love about the Cardinals is they look like they have come to play every single night that you see them play. Every time that they, they walk uh, between the chalk marks, they are, are ready to go. And they are on one heck of a run going here into this week. And, and they've got the Brewers. And they can absolutely um, put their throat fully onto the Brewers' neck and, and, and send them further and further uh, uh, out of the opportunity to where they could uh, get back into the division lead. And, and they look really good. And, and uh, they've, uh, from, from my perspective, it's, it's a team of, of non-stars. I know a lot of Cardinal fans would probably disagree with me and think there's, there's stars everywhere. Um, but, you know, it's not a team that's going to be filling up an all-star. Um, team at any, at any, any moment. So this Cardinal team has a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's just like they're 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 that team that just 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 comes out of nowhere that that does more than what's expected. They're the team 
that the Cubs used to be. They're the team, the, the 2015 um, Cubs, who were the last ones to knock the Cardinals out of the playoffs. I, um, at this point, if the season ended today, um, you're right. The, the Cubs uh, would be looking up at them, winning the division. Um, but I, I'll come back to just say what I said before. It's not over. The Cubs hold their own destiny. I mentioned this before. In the last 10 games of the year, the Cubs are going to have the opportunity to take the division back from the Cardinals if everything was equal going into today with seven games in the last 10 against the Cardinals hosting four and then the last three in St. Louis could be make or break. Time now for the seventh inning stretch, and I am so excited to talk to our guest this week. We've tried to get him on in the past, but we were able to get him now. He is the voice of the Memphis Tigers, longtime play-by-play announcer for the University of Memphis Tigers. Football and basketball, you can also hear him weekdays on WHBQ Radio in Memphis from 3 to 6 on Wolo and Stats. Please welcome... It's Dave Woloshin. Dave, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. It is so awesome to talk to you. Wow, what an intro. I couldn't uh, ask for anything more. Thank you. Well, and on top of it, we always like to make sure we put this in there. We are always partial to our Southern Illinois Salukis, and Dave is a Saluki as well. So we're always excited about that. You know, Dave, before we get into some baseball, I have to ask you this. I'm just curious. You've been in Memphis a long time. When you're jonesing, for Chicago-style food, whether it be pizza or Italian beef or whatever the case, a hot dog, is there anywhere in the Memphis area that you go to or can go to to satisfy that hunger for Chicago-style food? Oh, man, there used to be a place in Bartlett, a Memphis suburb called Jimmy's. And Jimmy was a guy who was from the south side, and, man, he made the best hot dogs. They were, they were like flukies or Superdog, which I grew up on, and then there was Wolfie's, which I actually worked at for uh, a hiccup. Um, and his pizza wasn't quite Blue Malnati's, but he attempted. But uh, Jimmy had a stroke, and, and he's no longer with us, unfortunately. So there, there actually is, in another suburb that's in Mississippi, called uh, uh, South Haven, he, there is a Chicago-style hot dog place, and they do pizza. Not quite as good as Jimmy's, but that's about as close as I can get. I'll tell you what I do. If it's going to be a big cup game or a big bear game or even a Bulls or really a Blackhawks game, I'll uh, I'll use 800 number and I'll call Lou Malnati's. Yep. Yep. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Now, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. I'm just curious because this always has been something that I've wondered about. And I know you don't work for the airport, but has it always been <clears throat> something that you have wondered about why there are direct flights from Memphis to Nashville, from Memphis to all these other cities, but there is not a direct flight from Memphis to St. Louis so people can go to Cardinals-Cubs games? I had never thought of that. You know, we used to have almost triple the flights that we had. At one point, we were a Northwest hub, and when Northwest uh, was was gobbled up, uh, we, we ended up uh, really by Delta, we had uh, sort of a de facto hub for about a year, and then they took it off. We're slowly getting back. You know, it's really about a four-and-a-half-hour drive in to St. Louis, so I guess they don't feel the need. And really the flights like to Nashville, those are like little regional 
airport uh, airplanes. There's gotcha. a, a thing called Southern Air, and it's it's really like an eight seater. Yes, uh, of which has really been a very good uh, sponsor of my radio program every day. So we love Southern Air. Okay, there, there's there's not a great deal. That's you know we're we're talking about a three hour and fifteen minute ride between Nashville and Memphis. Somebody could make some money maybe uh, around Cup Series with with. Uh, uh, Memphis to St. Louis, but I, I don't think there's that much of demand. All right, so let's talk baseball now. Let's let's uh, let's talk about our beloved Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs. You had your good friend and our friend of the podcast as well, George Offman, on your show earlier yep. this week, and George said that he thinks the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central. Do you agree with that assessment no, from George? I, I do not. I, I, I do not. George's big thing, and I think he's got a, a, a little trend going here. I think major league managers, and maybe you put Joe Madden in this in this instance. I think they're wiping out bullpens. Yep. I'm not sure everybody's arm is made to go an inning or an inning in the third or two thirds every day. Just not, and they're not using and they're paying for starting pitching, and they're asking you to go four or five innings, and then they'll bring in these other guys. And maybe they're getting worn down. And if you look, even the leaders in the National League, as George pointed out, they're they're not faring well with bullpens. And if you look at ERA, ERA is way up. Even though the Cubs are actually third in pitching with a 4.06 ERA, the National League average is 4.43. I I just I I think he's onto something here. We're not using pitching wisely. The Cubs have rested a couple of older arms, and they brought up these new young guys. Uh, and and I've really been impressed with Warren Wick and, and Kyle Ryan. Can they sustain it? Are they giving guys like Sishik and other guys a, a chance to, to rest their arms? We'll see. But um, you know, I, I thought George's point about bullpens was was really right on. But I think he's way off. I think if you look at the Cubs lineup and you look at the starting pitching. And, and let them go a little bit further, like they did with Darvish the other day, like they did uh, yesterday in a, in a shutout. Um, I, I think the Cubs are the best team on paper without question. I don't understand. Ryan, you tell me. How in the world can you be 25 games over 500 at home and stink? 14 games, the worst in the National League, 14 games under 500 on the road. That makes no sense, and don't tell me Joe Madden. I don't buy that. I don't know what it is. It, Dave, it is the biggest mystery in all of baseball this year. So let me let me pose this to you because this was one of the questions I was going to ask you. More shocking that the Cubs are as good as they are at home or more shocking that the Cubs are as bad as they are on the road? Shocking on the road. That's the worst. You expect to be have a home field advantage. You build your, your uh, ball club. The OFC knows exactly what. The uh, family confines are, are like that's why Castellanos is so happy to be in Chicago. You, you remember he was complaining before he got moved to the north side. He was complaining in Detroit about how big that ballpark was, and that he would have ten or fifteen more home runs if he was in a, in a smaller ballpark. So I, I don't think you're surprised by the Cubs' success at home. Maybe it's a little bit better than I would have loved, uh, would have thought. I love it, uh, but to be that. Bad on the road, is, and you can't hit on the road at all. Same guys, same lights, same everything. How can you not hit? Uh, that part I just don't get. And, and the problem is, Dave, is after they are done with his home set, they now travel to New York to face the Mets, and that's going to be a tough out for them, especially on the road. We're talking with Dave Willotion, the longtime play-by-play voice for the University of Memphis 
He is the uh, voice of the Tigers basketball and football teams, both great programs right now. Penny Hardaway, now the basketball coach. And, of course, you can hear him weekdays on WHBQ Radio, longtime host on Wolo and Stats 3-6 to Central Time. So you brought up Nick Castellanos, Dave, who has been, I mean, absolutely the bright light of, of this team the last several weeks. I made the point the other day, tell me if you agree with me, that after the Aroldis Chapman trade, and the Rick Sutcliffe trade, this is maybe the third best trade in Cubs history. Is that something you would agree with? I would have to say at this point the Chapman trade is number one of all time because it got you a World Series title right. the first time in 108 years. I, I, I think the, we'll have to wait and see. If Castellanos is able to deliver the National League Central and you make waves in the playoffs, yeah, you, you could say like, Really and truly, that was a almost an afterthought move by Theo, and it's so far paid off dividends. He, he's he, he has been incredible. He has been far beyond anybody's expectations, and it it uh, it, it does appear that we you, you've got another potent bat in a lineup that's really pretty darn good to begin with. Yeah. He's, he's been tremendous. I guess the only other trade I can think of off the top of my head is Kenny Lofton and Aramis Ramirez in 03. That was a pretty uh, huge deal that paid dividends for the Cubs as well. Yeah. Um, so, it Dave, did. let me throw this at you. If I were to have told you in April that Jose Quintana and Hugh Darvish would be your two best pitchers in August, your response to me would be what? They should be good. Darvish, what they paid him to get him and. As bad as he's been, it's been incredible. He was terrible again to begin with, but he's been brilliant. He has absolutely been brilliant the last, what, three weeks, a month? Yeah. Uh, Since the All-Star break, basically. Basically, that's right. And, you know, he's a guy that when the Cubs acquired him, you're going, okay, they're spending money. Good. We need pitching. He's a guy that was terrific. And then he comes to the north side of Chicago, and he's incredible. Finally, I mean, you look at you look at the strikeouts, and you know this is a guy who is capable of so much. And finally, it's it's clicking. And obviously, the Cubs have needed him now. If they just can get more consistency, if, if Hendricks can pitch like he has, Hamill's been pretty darn good. And you look at those starters, and you feel confident. Lester, you you you, you say to yourself, okay, I love. Who's on the mound tonight? And, and, and uh, you know, some nights like Lester's two outings ago, where he was just horrible. You go, okay, I don't, I don't know what's happened there. Uh, and the bullpen's been the worst. I mean, what they've only, I think, fifty-eight percent of the time they've been able to hold leaves. I know when late in innings and they've got a seventy-five percent chance of winning the game. The Cubs bullpen has been the worst in the National League. And now with these two new arms coming in and, and maybe rested better than arms, maybe that will come to light and be good. And if the bullpen does become a factor for the Cubs down the stretch, they will win this division. Yep. No, you're 100% right. It, it is going to depend on how well this bullpen performs uh, when it's all said and done. Um, let me ask you this. You are obviously a diehard Cubs fan living in mm-hmm. Cardinal country. Um, I want to say mm-hmm. it's about 90-10 Cardinals-Cubs. How do you personally navigate through the city of Memphis talking baseball? In on your, I love listening to you and your co-host talk about baseball during the week, and I do find that you are great at being able to talk Cubs baseball in a Cardinals town. How do you navigate that, and how are you able to kind of 
incorporate the Cubs as much as possible on a show where the Cardinals are really kind of the dominant team in your city? Oh, I've, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, since really 1983 doing talk radio here, minus one year. And so I've always had partners, it seems, minus one who's actually a Cub fan when I was working with a fellow named Peter Edmondson in the mornings, and he's still here in the mornings. Um, they've always been diehard Cub fans, uh, Cardinal fans. Uh, the gentleman that I did the show with for over a period of time, probably often on 20 years, who was the guy who really was a pioneer of, of sports talk in the country. His name was George Lapidus. He had a show continuously for 50 years. Other than Paul Harvey, he at one time had the longest-running radio show uh, in the history of radio. And um, he, he uh, actually was instrumental in getting the Cardinals to be the AAA affiliate of Memphis. And George loved his Cardinals, and I loved giving George a bunch of grief. So a- ever since the last, what, 35 years or so, I have been known as the Cub Needler. And, and so it's, it's been good shtick for me. I do. I, I love the Cubs. But this is Cardinal country. But here's the one thing, Ryan, that I, that I like about the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry. There are some rivalries, even in this town, there's Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Those, those or, or go to Auburn and Alabama, those teams literally hate each other. Those fans can't tolerate each other. There, there's very little respect. Now, the Cardinals fans love their team the way the Cubs fans love their team. But it seems to me there is a mutual respect and appreciation of that rivalry that allows for you to enjoy it more. Now, don't get me wrong. I walked out of Bush Stadium. Steam coming out of my ears when the Cubs have lost a big series when I thought the Cubs were the better team. But I've always had an appreciation for Cardinals and Cardinal fans, and I, I think that's part of the reason I could navigate this. I think it's one of the more healthy rivalries that you see, and, and you can make the argument it's, what is it, second or third in all of Major League Baseball? I, I think we have, been, and ESPN has made sure this has occurred, that the Yankees and the Red Sox are the number one rivalry in all of baseball. You can make the argument that the Dodgers and the Giants might be number two. I don't know. But I, 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 the Cubs and the Cardinals are either two or three. I think that's pretty fair. We are talking with Dave Willotion, the voice of the University of Memphis basketball and football program, longtime radio host in the Memphis area on WHBQ Radio. You can hear his show, Wolo and Stats, three to six weekdays. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. It's always great to talk to you. I'm so glad we could finally get you on. And, of course, we always love getting our Southern Illinois Salukis on the show as well. I don't know if you've got a time frame here, but I, I've got to end with this, okay? Okay, go ahead. Would you, would you Cub fans, please get off of Joe Madden's back? If you want to blame somebody, look at Theo. And I certainly am not pointing a finger to say fire Theo, but I'm saying to you, a guy who's delivered playoffs every year, a guy who won you a, a World Series title, a guy whose players seem to respect him, Get off of Joe Madden. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. My generation didn't get on managers or front offices. They got on players. If Ron Sato had a bad day, they didn't say Leo DeRocher was terrible. They said Sato was terrible. Look at the players. Give Madden a break. That's, that's my final sermon of the day. <laughs> Dave, I couldn't agree with you more. You're 100% right. And I could talk to you at least for another 30 minutes on a various 
amount of topics. I, I love talking to you about all things uh, baseball and especially the Cubs. Come back. Will you please come back on the show another time I, I with would, us? I would be happy to do it. Uh, let's do it in the playoffs. How about that or the World Series? I would love that, Dave. Good luck during the season for you at the University of Memphis. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the line. Thank you much. Our thanks to Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers football and basketball programs, and of course, Sports Time with Wolo and Stats and WHBQ Radio in Memphis. Always great to catch up with Dave and the SIU connections continue here on the Friendly Confines. And just remember, we always are welcoming anybody who went to any school around the country as long as you're a Cubs fan. You don't even have to be a Cubs fan. You nope, yeah, we've had them all. Our podcast. We love to uh, have you take a listen to us. You can find myself on Twitter at Ryan D. Lieber, or you can find Chad at Cubs Confines if you want to check in with us and start a conversation about what we can do to make the show even better for you and a favor we are asking we need we want if you're a listener and you're here to the eighth inning and you are uh, enjoying what you're hearing and if you've made it through the eighth you must be doing that we have got a lot we've got thousands of loyal listeners that's what we love we've seen the 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 downloads every single week if you like this and you have cub fan friends please grab their phone and if they have an iPhone, open up Apple Podcasts and subscribe them and make sure they give us a rating and a review if you can. If you haven't already given us a rating or review, please do that as well. If you're on an Android phone, I like Spotify, but you can also listen to them wherever podcasts are available. We are on every platform. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, we are the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. Join away. And if you have any questions you would like us to maybe pose as an inning in an upcoming episode, we'd be very Happy to do that. So let's move on to the eighth inning, Rhino. And it was the talk of Twitter. It was the talk. It was, I mean, if, if, if what Major League Baseball was trying to do was to get people talking, they did it with their players' weekend uniforms. I'm not alone in this. Pretty much universally loathed. What did you think about those monstrosities? Yeah, they were. That was the worst idea I think I've Horrible. ever seen, which is so ridiculous because we just came off of the Little League Classic where the uniforms were just beyond amazing. Then last year, the Players Weekend uniforms were really awesome. Yeah. And then for them to just fall asleep at the wheel, I mean, I would just love to know who the marketing person was or the designer that came in and said, Here's what we got. Yeah. And they presented it to Rob Manfred and they were like, this is what is going to make it <laughs> awesome. Like, fire those people. Whoever they were, they need to be fired immediately because those were the dumbest uniforms. Just the black and the white. Yeah. There was no ingenuity to it. There was no imagination. I don't know what they were thinking other than, well, we're going to let the players show it on their shoes. <laughs> that was their rationale. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, it made no sense. I think they could have been so cool with some of the logos that all these teams have, but instead they opted for the most plain. I, I honestly, Chad, I don't know what I hated more. The fact that the Cubs got swept by Washington or the <laughs> fact that they wore those uniforms all weekend and every single player absolutely hated it. I mean, typical major league baseball, they like, honestly, they get in the way of themselves sometimes when it comes to these things. So 
yeah, please just burn those uniforms <laughs> and never bring them back again. It, is that is that, am I clear with that? I, it, it, your your opinion is 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 right aligned with mine. They were a complete joke. So you're right. I'd love to have been in that marketing meeting. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take the logos of every team and the home teams. You're not even going to be able to see the logo because it's all going to be white. And when they turn around, you're not even going to see their number and then their names because again, it's going to all be in white. And 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 somehow this was to show off the shoes. I didn't actually hear that until afterwards when people were trying to make excuses for this. What I will share with you is maybe we're out of maybe we're out of touch. Maybe we're out of touch and I will find out, you will find out if you and I'm going to just guarantee we're not going to see one person wearing a mock-up of those jerseys in any ballpark in America as a fan. And you got to imagine when they're doing these jerseys, they want to make some money on this stuff. This was a yeah. complete miss by the marketers and I completely agree with you. The players' weekends jerseys, those those literally classic jerseys, those should be the new road aways. Those were those were the great those alternate jerseys. That would have been amazing for this weekend. Something fun like that. This was just so they were trying to be so edgy. It was like something out of three thousand ten. But baseball's probably not going to exist then. Uh, yeah, baseball really misfired on yeah. this. Just to your point, nobody's going to touch these jerseys. No. I mean, they're literally, you know, where we're going to see them in third world countries where they give away <laughs> things like That's that horrible. to people who don't have jerseys. Uh, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the ninth inning. And Chad, the week ahead for big the week, Cubs, big week. Uh, yeah, I mean, beyond big week, and and it starts with the Mets this week with three in New York against one of the hottest teams in baseball. Oh, you know, we just have to face Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, and Jacob DeGrom. No biggie. Uh, this is going to be a huge series, and it, it's, it really scares me, Chad. I don't even know how – I mean, if the Cubs can get one of the three, that's what I'm thinking here because to beat Syndergaard and DeGrom with Hendricks, who's been pitching terrible on the road, and Lester, who unfortunately has just not had it these last several weeks – it almost sits up, sets up for Darvish having to get that first win um, if, if he can pull it off. And then you got three against Milwaukee to finish up the set at home. So hopefully uh, they can get back on track when they get back to Wrigley. But listen, maybe they'll subtly surprise me and they'll be able to actually play better against the Mets than I even anticipate. So who knows? But I'm not putting much stock into it. You know, you look at the upcoming schedule and and I'll touch on this week, obviously. But the next time this team has somebody that you would assume that they'd have a good chance at is uh, is hosting the Mariners on Labor Day and the Tuesday after just a two game set. And then they're coming out. I'm going to see all four games in San Diego against the Padres, who are really faltering as well. And then they've got the, the set, you know, they got the Pirates a couple times and the Reds. But other than that, all of the other series are against teams that are fighting for their lives and this Mets team is the absolute hottest team I've mentioned that about hot teams that just seems to be the Cubs luck right now the Mets came out of the gate after the all-star break and have been absolutely on fire so you you have that against them and then the, the Cubs dismal road record against them you know we've always said about the the, the the Mets it's like how are they not competitive because they have they have some of the best pitching out there and they've got some of the most dominant pitchers out there and for this this Cubs team to even have a chance and to hold on and to maintain their their place right now as a playoff team, which they are today, is they have got to express their dominance on the road, which they've not done very well against a team that is scratching and fighting. Because if, if the Mets take two straight, or three straight rather, against the Cubs, they are going to switch positions with them in the wild card. Yep, 
and not only that, the Mets just got swept by the Braves. So they're going to be hungry. You can bet that they're going 100%. They're going to be really hungry, especially at home, a place where the Mets play extremely well at City Field. Yeah. Well, that is how it's going to play out. We hopefully we will see a turn of events. Uh, but, Chad, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm not holding out much hope at this point. So. I know, but I, I, will say, I will share this now. And, and you, you know, we're, we, we have a short memory. I know we don't have a short memory. You, you've been a fan for your entire life, really exemplified in the heartbreak of 89, mine the heartbreak of 84, our listeners. Some of them have the heartbreak of 69. We've, we've all had this heartbreak, but what I will share with you is right now, just a few days away from September, this Cubs team is – is right now going to make their fifth straight postseason if it all ended yep. today. So always trying to think about it in the positive, uh, positive side, but the way it's, it's shaping up right now, you're right. It looks very bleak. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the friendly confines, everybody for Chad. I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, everybody and go Cubs. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're healed the first time you walk into Wrigley